0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Stampede Blue Podcast, the official podcast of the Indianapolis Colts on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and today we're going to talk about the AFC South. How do the Colts stack up? How do they look against the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans? I know those last two. Maybe you're laughing a little bit, but I think it's worth looking at these teams. They've got a lot of youth, they've got a lot of potential. Uh, but what's it going to look like in 2022? Is Indianapolis uh, legitimately a front runner to win the AFC South in the 2022 season? I think so, but I want to dive into the details. And we're going to start on this podcast by examining each position group on offense to see which teams stand out, which ones have some work to do, and which ones are probably at the bottom of the division. So let's start in the trenches. And normally, we like to start with the skill positions. Uh, they're more fun. It's it's you know obviously uh, there's a, a ton of opportunity to get into the specifics of statistics. But with the trenches, I think this is where some of the biggest differences are going to be made. If you can't protect a quarterback, if you can't establish running lanes, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is or your wide receivers are or your running back is. And I think the trenches is where this conversation needs to start. Let's start, obviously, with the Colts and where they stand. So, Right now, I think if you look across the board, the Colts have a good, potentially very good offensive line. Um, Obviously, there is still a question at left tackle. Right now, the presumed starter is Matt Pryor. However, uh, the Colts spent a third round pick on the very promising draft pick, uh, Bernard Raymond, who uh, is incredibly athletic and could challenge for that position as a rookie. Um, So that is obviously a battle to keep an eye out for. Uh, prior to his credit, finished last year fairly well. Um, at left guard, I don't think it gets much better than Quentin Nelson. Uh, he is a stalwart on this offensive line. Um, and I think Matt Ryan is going to be a big fan of his going forward. I think, again, at center, Ryan Kelly uh, is a very reliable former first-round pick, uh, still under 30, someone that I think you can count on. Really, I think the big question mark for this offensive line uh, is it right guard? Um, is Braden Smith uh, the guy? I'm sorry, Braden Smiths at right tackle. Uh, is Danny Pinter the guy going forward? former fifth round pick in 2020, uh, you know played a few games last year, looked okay in the position. Um, the Colts have said that you know, if Bernard Raymond does not win that left tackle job outright, he could potentially compete at right guard. Uh, and I think that shows that the team knows Pinter has a lot to prove. Um, he is not the presumed starter. So there is you know this potential gap there at right guard. And obviously, uh, Braden Smith at right tackle is uh, about as good as they come. And again, under 30. This is, a I think, a really promising Colts offensive line. And I think we'll, we'll see as we look at the other teams in the division. Um, that may not hold up. If we go and look at the Tennessee Titans, obviously, you know, they've won the AFC South the past several years. That's the team you have to look at. Left tackle, Taylor a uh, very reliable starter, uh, has missed some games over the past couple of years, uh, but obviously is, is someone that, uh, you know, they are building around for the future. Um, at left guard, they've got some question marks. They've got Jamarco Jones, uh, who, you know, played some of that position last year. Uh, at center, they, they're pretty much set. Ben Jones is, you know, one of the, the better centers in the league. Um, right guard, Nate Davis, uh, has gotten better over time, but um, I, I don't know that he is a, a top-tier starter. He he's a good starter. Um, and then at right tackle, you know, they drafted out of the second round last year. Uh Dylan Redunds did not have a good year as a rookie. Uh, and this could be a position where they've got some weakness. So I think if you look at The Titans, whereas the Colts maybe have one question mark uh, at right guard, the Titans potentially have two with uh, left guard, right tackle, I think being the the two positions that you look at and think, okay, they could could stand for some upgrades there. Um, Houston Texans, obviously, uh, they picked up Laramie uh, Tunsil at left tackle. Uh, He is a a quality uh, player on the offensive line. Um, They've got Justin Britt at center, uh, who is a, a decent center. Um, and then the question marks begin. Um, AJ can at right guard, um, uh, Titus Howard at right tackle. This is not a really good offensive line. I don't want to get into the specifics here, but this is an offensive line that still needs a lot of help. And then finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're probably better than some people realize. I am not sold on Cam Robinson at left tackle. I think he is a marginal starter at best at the position, but they do have Brandon Scherf, uh, who has been one of the best interior offensive linemen in his career. Uh, he's, he's age 30 this year. He's at right guard. Uh, they've got uh, some decent talent at the other positions, no one that I would write home about. So if I'm looking at how the offensive line shakes out, I think the Colts have the best offensive line in the division currently. Um, now, they do have a gap. Right guard, I think, is is a gap that, you know, maybe it gets fixed by Pinter just simply continuing to develop, or it gets fixed by Bernard Raymond, uh, instead of filling in that left tackle position, filling in at right guard. They could still address this with uh, some free agent signings, but right now, the Colts have just one gap on the offensive line, and it, and it could potentially already be filled. The Titans have two, I think you have to look at. Uh, the Texans potentially have two or three. Uh, and then the Jaguars, you know, they're, they're sort of, they're actually not great, but they've, they've got mostly decent starters across the board, um, which you wouldn't have thought looking at them play last year. Uh, we'll see how they progress this year. So I'm I'm putting the Colts at the top of the division where the trenches are concerned. All right, let's talk about quarterback. So let's get this out of the way. The Texans, I'm sorry, uh, Davis Mills. No, he's, he's got to be at the bottom of the division. Um, and honestly, until he proves it, Trevor Lawrence, first round pick, number one pick, uh, tr- tons of talent, obviously, uh, coming out of Clemson did not have a great year last year. A lot of that may have had to do with the coach that they had in place. And, you know, perhaps we see a big jump from him this year, but I'm going to put him right above Davis mill. So the question becomes Ryan Tannehill versus Matt Ryan, which one do you take? And look, if you look objectively over the last few years, Tannehill has performed better than Matt Ryan from a statistic standpoint. And uh, Tannehill's younger, he's more athletic. Uh, however, I think over their careers, I, I don't know that there's really a comparison. Matt Ryan is a former uh, league MVP, had one of the best statistical seasons for a quarterback uh, in NFL history, one of the top 10. Uh, back in 2016, uh, that MVP season. Uh, he's been to the playoffs numerous times. He's won multiple playoffs games. He actually has one of the highest passer ratings in playoff history uh, in the NFL, which some of you may not even realize. When it comes to Tannehill, his success didn't come until he joined Tennessee several years ago, as many of you know. And he's he's had sort of an up-and-down ride throughout his career. Last year, I think he he was still pretty good. Uh, But the question is now, what can these guys do with the talent around them? And I think you cannot separate a quarterback from the guys that are around them. Matt Ryan is going to step into a team that has arguably one of the best offensive lines he's had um, over the past uh, six or seven years. I think you have to go back to 2016 for when uh, he had an offensive line this good. Uh, And Tannehill, as we noted, has some clear question marks in front of him. Now, Tannehill, we'll get into running back and wide receiver later, has had a lot of talent around him at the skill positions, but they lost A.J. Brown. That is a big loss. Now, they did draft a wide receiver in the first round. Whether or not he becomes the next uh, you know, superstar for them, look, you know, rookie wide receivers can struggle in their first year. Even guys like Cleo Jones did not have their big breakout years until years two or three, uh, and I think that is worth noting here. So if I, I'm going to be a homer, a little bit here, and uh, given that I have watched Matt Ryan for most of his career, I am I, I admit to being a fan of his and that that is tainting my uh ranking here, but I'm going to give the slight nod to Matt Ryan. He is coming into a system that plays to his strengths. Um, he is a timing quarterback, he is incredibly accurate. Uh, if you give him an offensive line that will protect him. He is deadly accurate with the ball. Uh, He can get the ball out of the pocket fast, and he is a quick decision maker. Frank Reich's offense is going to flourish with this kind of quarterback. This is the kind of quarterback that the Colts need to run this system. And uh, I think with Tannehill, the big questions are less about his abilities, less about him as a player, but more about what has happened around him. Um, And I think there are some question marks there now. Obviously, wide receiver is a big one. Um and I think that is going to have an impact here. So I'm giving the nod to Ryan because I like the supporting cast better. I don't think Ryan has necessarily been better than Tannehill uh over the past few years, but Ryan was also on a Falcons team that had many serious issues uh around him. And uh, I think that has to be taken into account. I think Ryan's in a much better position now. Give me Ryan over Tannehill, at least for this season. Obviously, age is a factor. I'm not an idiot. Um, but right now I'm gonna give the slight nod to Matt Ryan, no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill and what he has done, uh, even though I I think over their careers, Matt Ryan has clearly been the much better quarterback. All right, we're gonna talk about running back, wide receiver, tight end, and how that plays into these evaluations. But before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back on the Stampede Blue podcast. This is David Walker. We're examining the offenses in the AFC South to see which team stands uh, atop the division. And right now, we've looked at offensive line. We've looked at quarterback. I've given the nod to the Colts in both cases, obviously, Uh, The nod to Matt Ryan is is close between him and Tannehill. But I think obviously Texans and Jaguars have some work to do or or at minimum, their young quarterbacks have to prove themselves before we anoint them. Uh, So it's not that I don't believe in the potential of Trevor Lawrence. It's that in the NFL, this is a proven league. All right. Let's talk about wide receiver. We knew going into this draft class that the Colts had a gap at wide receiver. They needed to build out. Uh, find someone in this draft class that can help this talent level. Now, I will say, the depth through the Colts is still not great. There are still a lot of question marks. Um, but the addition of Alec Pierce, he's a rookie. He's got a ton of potential. I love If you've heard any of my prior podcasts, you know I love this kid. I love his potential. I love what uh, the fact that he doesn't have to be the number one guy coming in. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is going to draw a lot of attention. It's going to give him a lot of good looks as a rookie. And I think that's going to help him ease into the league better. Um, and when you look at Michael Pittman, I think Matt Ryan's going to love this guy. Um, his ability to uh, catch contested balls uh, and, and go up and get that in, in traffic is is going to be something that Ryan has loved over his career. I think he and Pittman are going to uh, have a really good connection in their first year together. Uh, and if if you look at... Um, these two guys alone, I think you've got a case for a strong number one, number two pairing. These are two big guys. Alec Pierce is actually really fast. He can take the top off. Um, I like this pairing in uh, the AFC South in particular. Let's go look at the Titans. Um, now, I'll be honest. I completely forgot that they got Robert Woods. Okay, Robert Woods is a quality wide receiver um he is he is 30 years old uh, so he is on the wrong side of 30 but he is a quality wide receiver is he a truly dominant wide receiver one probably not I think he can he's more of that you know second tier third tier of, of wide receiver one um, but obviously the original goal was to pair him with AJ Brown and I think if AJ Brown were still in Tennessee, the nod goes to the Titans here it has to. Right now, though, you've got Robert Woods, and you're pairing him up with a rookie uh, in Traylon Burks. Will Burks be a good receiver? Maybe. Uh, again, rookie wide receivers, it's hit or miss. There there have been some clear examples of guys being really good out of the gate, but you go back and you look at even like players like Calvin Johnson. They did not hit, really, until their second or third year. So banking on him being a wide receiver one, wide receiver two in, in his first year you know, it's a little bit of a leap, and obviously, we could say the same about Alec Pierce. Um, and then, you know, their their depth is okay, but I don't think it's any better than the Colts. They have question marks. They have some young guys. Um, looking at the Texans, they've got a, another good receiver in Brandon Cooks. Got a lot of speed. This guy can fly. Um, smaller receiver. Um, and look, I, I don't. It's not that I don't believe in Brandon Cooks. It really has more to do with the guy throwing to him, and can Cooks produce by himself without a whole lot of other talent uh, on the field at the same time? That remains to be seen. That said, Cooks is a good wide receiver, um, and I I don't want to discount his ability individually. Um, As for the Jaguars, they've got, look, everyone wants to go immediately to Christian Kirk, and I understand um, they paid a lot of money for Christian Kirk, uh, I think they way overpaid based on the talent level. I think Kirk is a good slot wide receiver. I don't. He got paid like a premier wide receiver. One. Um, I think that's going to bite them uh, in the backside down the road. But he is a he is a decent receiver. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. is on the wrong side of thirty. He's uh, thirty two at this point but he has been a quality i honestly i think he's always been sort of a wide receiver too he's never really excelled as the top guy but he is a good receiver he's someone that uh you know can contribute on the field and then they've also got zay jones who uh, has gotten you know progressively better as as time has gone on i think he's uh turning into a decent uh, option for them funny enough i think from a depth standpoint you kind of have to look at jacksonville and say they may not have any, you know, outstanding guys at wide receiver, but they've got three potential starting receivers that are all contributors. They're all pretty good. Um, obviously the, the Titans, uh, they they lost one of their best players um in trading him to Philadelphia and AJ Brown, but they've got Robert Woods. He is a he is a good receiver, very good receiver. Um I'm I'm a big believer in Michael Pittman Jr. I think Alec Pierce can contribute a lot this year. Uh, so I'll be honest, right now, I think the lineup that has the most consistent potential is actually Jacksonville. Um, and I know that is not something Colts fans want to hear. I think the upside is there for the Colts. I love Michael Pittman Jr. as wide receiver one. And again, Alec Pierce, his long-term potential, potentially even to contribute a lot this year, is there. Um, but we're talking about the guys, what they've done. And in the same way we talked about you have to prove it on the field, the same is going to be true for Alec Pierce. The same is going to be true for Burks in Tennessee. Um, So right now, Jacksonville surprisingly gets the nod here at wide receiver. Um, Where do the Colts stand in that? I'd say the Colts and the Titans are sort of tied at second in the division because they're both relying on Um, A really good wide receiver one uh, in place and a rookie coming in and contributing at a high level. So they're sort of on even ground from a talent standpoint. Um, And, you know, you could split hairs between Robert Woods and Robert Woods and and Michael Pittman Jr. I think Pittman Jr., they're just, they're different styles of wide receivers. Um, And I don't think, you know, I think it's a fruitless exercise to try to figure out, oh, between these two, which one's clearly better and it's completely fruitless to try to figure out between the the rookie wide receivers which one's going to have the better career. So let's go with what we know, who's on the field. Um, I think you could call the Colts 2A, 2B, whatever, but right now I think Jacksonville has arguably the slightly better overall position group at wide receiver. Tight end is very interesting to me. Um, Right now, you know, Jacksonville's got Evan Ingram He's never quite proven to be worth that first round pick. Um, the Texans have got uh, Pharaoh Brown, who I think has shown potential, but has not been consistent yet in his career. The Titans have Austin Hooper, who uh, I think has been a a, a maybe a, a tight end that is in that second or third tier of tight ends. So he's not up there with the, the Travis Kelseys and whatnot, but he's been productive. And actually, his most productive season uh, was with uh, his fourth year with Matt Ryan. Um, Austin Hooper, I think is, is, a fairly good receiving option, um, for the Tennessee Titans. So my initial inclination at tight end is Jacksonville, Houston kind of, or at the bottom there, uh, again, depending on what you think of Evan Ingram, the Titans, I, I sort of like what they have with Austin Hooper. Um, again, I think he is someone that, uh, can contribute a lot to them, uh, as a receiver, And, you know, for the Colts, there's a a lot of questions. Now, Mo Cox maybe hasn't quite lived up to the potential that um, many people thought he had. Um, He is obviously still – they brought him back for a reason. I think they truly believe that he can thrive in a system where Matt Ryan's the quarterback. And obviously, you know, with the Colts, it's about these young guys they're bringing in as well. Um, Can uh, Jelani Woods replace Jack Doyle? Obviously, you don't replace Jack Doyle immediately. But the athletic potential for their rookies is there. So right now, I think it's a wash between the Colts and the Titans. Again, I think it's more 1A, 1B. But I'm going to give an ever so slight nod to the Colts because they've got two rookies with incredible physical talent and potential that I think puts them over the top here. Um, Austin Hooper has been more productive. Uh, obviously, Mo Alley Cox I think has uh, the potential to really have a big year this year as uh, a red zone target for Matt Ryan. Um, tight end position is very close, but I'm going to give a slight, slight nod to the Colts. And if you argue the Titans had the nod here, I I, I don't know that I push back against that. So it, it is that close for me. Finally, running back I, I had to save it for last, right because. In my mind, this is where the depth comes into the conversation. So let's get this out of the way. Let's talk about Jacksonville first, all right? Jacksonville, Travis Etienne, we don't know who he is. He obviously got injured last year, obviously incredibly productive in college, but he's a rookie. Again, prove yourself rookie, Um, no offense, but uh, that is one position where their presumed starter coming in, uh, we just don't know much about him. And obviously, with them, the big uh, the big name is James Robinson. He had uh, a pretty good year last year. Didn't eclipse a thousand yards, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought he did, um, but he is good out of the backfield as well as you know being a receiver. Uh, so the potential is there again for Jacksonville. The a lot of potential in that roster to be productive at the running back position. Will they be, though? And that's to me, that's the question mark. We don't know who Travis Etienne is at the NFL level. Um, I think James Robinson has the potential to be really good, uh, but it seems like he hasn't been used consistently. So we'll see. This is an open question, I think, for Jacksonville. Um, Houston, this one is interesting as well. Uh, again, these are teams that are really young and relying on guys to sort of step up and, and do something um. This year, to in their rebuilding franchise, you know Rex Burkhead uh, was their big starter last year, 427 yards. So um, is he going to be the guy? I don't know. Uh, Damian Pierce, who they drafted in the fourth round uh, out of Florida, as a rookie, will he be a big, productive rookie this year? I don't know. But right now, I'm putting Houston sort of at the bottom because they have a lot of big question marks at the position. Tennessee. All right. Here's the reality. Derrick Henry, for several years, was the best running back in the league. And although we don't want to hear that, but he was. Is he still the best running back in the league? Look, he missed a lot of games last year. Um, He has a lot of miles on those tires. Um, They did bring in some guys, you know, Dante Foreman, who is sort of, you know, someone who has never really quite delivered in his career, had a, a good year with uh, Tennessee last year in uh, filling in for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry still managed to get 900 yards in just eight games, so he's obviously still incredibly, incredibly productive. But are the wheels beginning to come off for Henry? I tend to think they are. Running backs... It is rare to find a running back that doesn't hit that wall from a mileage standpoint. NFL history shows a clear and consistent pattern: when these guys get used heavily and leaned on that much, their bodies just eventually break down. And I think that's where the Titans are with Derrick Henry. Incredibly fun to watch from just you know, even if you're you you hate the team, uh, he's been an incredible player to watch, but. I think they're entering that phase where the injuries are going to start piling up and he's going to be playing fewer games than what they would hope, Uh, especially for someone who has been the cornerstone of their offense for the past several years. Uh, After him, do you really believe Dante Foreman is the guy to carry you forward after Henry? And I don't think he is. Um, Again, this isn't about what Derrick Henry was. It's about who he could be this year. And right now, my bet is the wheels are going to come off. Now, that may not happen. Maybe Derrick Henry defies um, convention, but I think, I think we saw the signs of it last year. All right. Indianapolis Colts, they've got one of the best running backs in the league right now. An absolute monster last year. Jonathan Taylor, 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns. Good Lord. Um, I think right now I'd take him over Derrick Henry. Then you have to go to depth. And the name that I'm looking at now, you know, the Colts lost Marlon Mack, who I think had some potential. Um, But uh, Hines, I am a big believer that Hines is going to have a much bigger year this year as a receiver. I think we're going to see him a lot in the slot. I think we're going to see him became a favorite target of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is more than willing to take what the defense gives him, and I think you're going to see a lot of quick passes to Hines where he's going to pick up you know yards and chunks. Um, I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to have another big year. I think this offensive line is going to just uh, push him forward. I love these big-bodied receivers to block ahead of him, um, and I love the fact that you know we've got another big one in Alec Pierce to, to continue that trend. Look, I – I know there's some people that may uh, challenge me on this one, but where it stands right now, based on where they are in their careers and based on last year's productivity as well, give me the Colts at running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think, still has several years before he hits that wall. Um, Hines, I think, is in line to become a big receiving threat this year out of the backfield. Uh, I, I really, really like what the Colts have here at the running back position. Obviously, you know, depth is what it is. When you go past those guys, there's a lot of question marks. But, you know, if we're looking at the starters, I don't think it gets much better than Jonathan Taylor. And uh, Derek Henry has been amazing in his career, but I think he is hitting that point. And frankly, Taylor was just, he was the best running back in the league last year, bar none, in my opinion. Um, all right, that rounds it out. And I think if you look at objectively all of these positions and you bring them all together and you're talking about the offense at AFC South. Right now, I'm taking the Annapolis Colts. I think the Titans will be right behind them. I think there's a ton of potential in Jacksonville. Houston is still a massive work in progress. Um, But right now, I think the offensive line is one of the big factors. The Colts have got a, a, a good foundation there. There are some depth concerns. There is that concern at right guard. But otherwise, I love this offensive line. I think Matt Ryan's going to thrive in Frank Reich's system. Love Michael Pittman Jr. Um, love what they've got in the backfield. Uh, and right now, you look at Tennessee, losing A.J. Brown, I think, is going to be a fatal flaw for them this year. Um, love Robert Woods as a receiver, but, man, that's uh, I, losing someone like A.J. Brown's caliber um, and trading him away... I, I, Maybe in the long term, they'll benefit by having another young receiver, but replacing A.J. Brown immediately is going to be a, a, a big ask. And uh, right now, give me the Colts on offense. Uh, we will be back next week's podcast. We're going to talk about how the defenses stack up in the AFC South um, because I think, again, if we're looking at the Colts potentially winning the division, it's not going to be just about offense. Will this defense take another step forward with some of the free agents they signed and obviously we're going to break that down on next week's podcast Uh, as for me guys you can follow me on twitter at nfldw and you can read our articles daily at stampedeblue.com thanks guys for listening in we'll talk with you next time